Taking Control of iCloud with Joe Kissel. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices After Dark. Uncensored, off-topic, and always off the wall. Mac Voices After Dark is available as a benefit to our Patreon subscribers. Sign up at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, I'm delighted. For the first time in 2022, Joe Kissel is back. Hi. Joe, well, great to see you, my friend. It's great to see you. Nice nice to be here. Wow. So, Joe, we used to do international shows when you lived in France. And That's then right. we started doing domestic shows when you lived in yeah. San Diego, I believe it was. Right. Yeah. And now we're doing another international show, and will be, because now you're living in uh, Canada. I am living in Canada now, yeah. So this, <laughs> this is my fifth international move. And let me tell you, for anyone contemplating an international move, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's complicated. I've, I've moved a lot. I've moved anywhere from like, down the street to uh, another country, and um, boy, it's 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 quite a thing. And and this this was our biggest international move at all, not in terms of distance, but uh, you know, this is the first time we had we had owned a house and we're buying a new house, and the first time we were moving with two kids. And boy, oh boy, did we accumulate a lot of stuff between last time and this time. So you know, the move was very complicated. And uh, I had to, you know, my, my wife and kids are Canadian citizens. Uh, my wife actually grew up here in Saskatoon. That's, that's why I moved here because her family is here. Uh, but I am not a Canadian citizen. So I had to go through uh, quite a lot of paperwork and other stuff to, uh, to get permission to live here. And boy, that could, you know... <laughs> That could be a whole, that could be an hour discussion in and of itself. Anyway, it was kind of complicated, but I did finally get the paperwork and we sold the house and we bought the house and we shipped the stuff. And like we did all the things, uh, we not only moved ourselves, but also we moved the company. So that was really complicated. We had to shut down the U.S. corporation. We had to start a Canadian company and... All I can say is we've we've paid a lot of money to accountants and lawyers to figure stuff out for us because it's too much. It's too much. But uh, it's so anyway, it's fine. You know, it's fine. The company's the, the new company is up and running. It's still called Alt Concepts. But now it's a Canadian company, not an American company. And, uh, you know, our bank accounts are different and contracts had to be reworked. And boy, we had all kinds of wacky things you know, paperwork to do, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm still here and the books are still the same and the website's the same. It's all good. So, uh, you know, other than the fact that I lost months and months of my life, what with all the, you know, the, all the, all the moving stuff layered with the, the COVID stuff layered with, interesting weather challenges and stuff having to do with my kids. Um, you know, I'm, 
I'm extraordinarily far behind on take control stuff. So I'm really, really happy that I have at last gotten a book out that really should have come out a few months ago, but okay, but but it's out now. <laughs> and and uh, it's the first of, of many. I mean, we've, we've we've had updates like we we published a bunch of updates to to books by Glenn and Josh and stuff but uh, this first one of mine uh since I've been here so I'm I'm very glad to be be getting that ball rolling again well I'm delighted to have you back because it it was a big hole in my schedule and I I miss I miss our discussions both on camera and off camera so you know I, I want to just say in Canada they they do have tang so that was important to me. There, we, there was this whole list of like things you can get here but not there, things you could get there but not here, things that are a little bit different. But Tang, Tang is the same, and that's important to me. So I've got my, <laughs> I've got my glass of Tang here. I did not know that. So okay, that's that's good. So you can get Tang in Canada. You can get Tang in Canada. That's right. Okay. Well. Okay. So there's your first takeaway from the show, folks. You can get Tang in Canada. <laughs> So after all that, you know, we're, we're, you're getting back on the Take Control horse, and this is Take Control of iCloud, 8th edition. 8th edition. That's impressive, 8th edition. We, we have I – don't, I don't know what, what the number two is, but we have never had an 8th edition of any book. And uh, I, I think the, the, next, the next closest is probably only up to maybe the 5th edition or something like that. We uh, we had a book way 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 back when on dot mac, and then we had a book and that went through several revisions, and then we had a book on mobile me which went through a bunch of revisions, and then we had a book on iCloud, and not it's not hasn't been exactly an annual thing, but as as necessary as Apple changes stuff, we keep updating the book, and um, I remember back in. I don't know, the summer of last year or something. And I have my list of, you know, what book needs up, what, what, what books need updates. And I knew the iCloud book was going to need an update, but I thought, Oh, that's just a few little things. It'll take me like maybe an afternoon to do it. <laughs> well, turns out there was tons of stuff. There was so much stuff that changed that I didn't have time to do all the research and all that. Like I did a, portion of the research and the writing. And I'm just like, I, I, I don't, I don't I have no more time available to do this. What with the move and everything. So, uh, Glenn Fleischman helped out. He did a huge amount of the research and the, the new writing. And we sort of, you know, he'd edit my stuff and I'd edit his stuff. And we kind of went back and forth and collaborated on it, but I, I could not have done this without him. Um, so props to Glenn, uh, but, uh, he was able to, to bring in some stuff from some of his books that he knew more about than I did. Um, and, uh, I was able to contribute some stuff that he didn't know very much about. And so we have a, a longer book, a, a more detailed book, and m most importantly, a book that covers all the new stuff and boy, oh boy, is there a lot of new stuff. So there are going to be some folks that are surprised to hear that. Um, and, and I've, I personally feel like iCloud has become a lot more reliable and a lot more important. I know I've changed some of my workflows to include iCloud, and it's kind of nice. You know, I, I've, I can't say that I've had any significant issues, but I also know that there are always gotchas out there, and I'm, I'm wondering if your conclusions after you and Glenn doing the research are the same, that it's, pardon me, it has it gotten as 
has it improved as much as I think it has, or am I just now starting to use, use it properly? I think it's a little bit of both. In there are there are many respects in which iCloud has gotten more robust and more reliable. I'll tell you that I personally am trying to move as much of my own personal and professional stuff as possible off of Dropbox and into iCloud. Now there there are some parts of that that are very very challenging for one reason or another. But um, a number of the Take Control authors are you know we we we've used Dropbox to transfer all of our files back and forth since uh, the very beginning. A lot of the Take Control authors have switched over to using iCloud. And it's mostly okay, but sometimes we've encountered some glitches. For example, uh, every once in a while, iCloud Drive will just not sync. It'll just crap out. Like there, there's a little indicator in the in the sidebar of the finder that's like like a sort of pie chart thing, like how much is how much has been transferred, and it just it just gets stuck. And you click it, and a window pops up saying, "Oh well, I'm transferring file one of one, 16k." And an hour later, it still says the same thing. And like the little stuff like that has been, you know, drive me to distraction. I figured out how to fix that problem, and I put the fix in the book. So, <laughs> so I is anyway. Um, so it, it, it's mixed. Like the, some some aspects of iCloud have definitely become much much better. Some are still mm, a little so so, um, but. Uh, it's, it's, it's expanding. I mean, it's, it's really astonishing how much Apple keeps doing with iCloud and changing and adding. So there's, there's a lot to know. Okay. So I'm, I'm going off my experience cause I've kind of been waiting to talk to you about this <laughs> before I go too far down the iCloud road. Um, my personal experience has been with the Apple apps, um, that, you know, numbers, pages, keynote, I've had great experience with the things mm -hmm. that are built into the OS, notes and those kind of things. I've had fantastic experience. But early on, and I mean like, you know, probably two years ago, I had some questionable experiences with non-Apple apps, putting things in iCloud for non-Apple apps. Has that improved? Because that would be one of the big things for me to maybe not completely close the door on Dropbox, but definitely move more of my stuff over to iCloud. That has improved. Uh, one of the things that has happened a lot is that uh, over the years, Apple has sort of given preferential treatment to their own apps. <laughs> so, you know, a thing that an Apple app can do, like, oh, well, that works really well. Well, and another developer would go, great, can I do that too? And Apple would be like, yeah, well, we'll think about releasing an API in a couple of years, maybe. And then even then it won't work really as well as our own stuff. So that kind of thing has happened a lot. Uh, a couple of years ago, I forget exactly how, how long ago, but two, three years ago, something like that. Um, a, a new syncing method became available to developers um, and uh, it's called CloudKit. Uh, and uh, this, this provides a much, much better and faster and more reliable way of syncing than the old way of syncing, which of course you can still do. 
some developers have taken advantage of this. Uh, one of the one of them is is DevonThink. So Devon Technologies has has updated DevonThink again a few years back to uh, to offer CloudKit as an option. And having having tried DevonThink, a really really big you know amount of data uh, with the old iCloud method and with Dropbox and with um, CloudKit, I have been just incredibly impressed with how much faster and more reliable it is with CloudKit than either of those two other options. This is kind of, I mean, it's like an inside baseball thing. It's a technical detail that most users don't need to know about, like how how does that how does it work and how is it different than the other method and what are the APIs like? Just don't worry about it. <laughs> really, just, just don't worry about it. Just, just know that as time goes on, Apple is not not only making improvements, but making improvements that they had previously sort of kept for themselves available to other developers. And uh, and that's a really, really good thing for all of us. So I want to make sure we're, we're very clear on this, um, that CloudKit or not, or the old method, that's not anything that the user controls or even has a say in. Is that a correct statement? Not exactly. Uh, so in 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 DevonThink, in DevonThink in particular, DevonThink offers a lot of different syncing uh, methods, and you can choose whatever method you want. So if you want to use Dropbox, you use Dropbox. If you want to use the old version of of iCloud syncing, you can use that. If you want to use CloudKit, you can use that. I, I talk about all that in my DevonThink book, which <clears throat> also is a little bit behind on the updates, but I'm going to get to that really really soon. But uh, most, but DevonThink is sort of an anomaly. It's an aberration. Most developers don't don't want users to sweat all those details. They'll just have like a checkbox, turn on syncing, <laughs> or something, something along those lines, something relatively straightforward, and they just decide, well, we're going to do it this way behind the scenes, and we're not going to bother users with all the details of what you know how we're doing it or why. But occasionally, occasionally, you may see that choice, and I'm just, I'm just saying that if you have the choice, CloudKit's a good one. Okay, good, good. That's. I, I just want to make sure that you know. Okay, is there a setting I should go in and tweak it or whatever? And what I'm hearing you saying is that, that a few developers are giving me that option, but for the most part, it's just use it and go. Pretty much. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, we always have to ask about gotchas. Is there any? Is there any reason I should not, other than your, the sinking thing you just talked about that's in the book? But is there any any reason for me not to start using uh, iCloud a lot more and become more dependent on it? You know, I um, I, I got an email from a guy who uh, was he he's like, well, I you know, you said this in your book, but I'm seeing this other thing. What's going on here? And Glenn and I both sort of researched this a bit, and um, in the course of this discussion, it, it, it turned out that this guy um, had never tried iCloud Photo Library or iCloud Photos, and he didn't ever want to use it. Now, of course, if you don't want to use it, that is your choice, but uh, he had some complaints, one of which being, if I use this feature, I'm going to have to pay Apple for more storage, and I don't want to pay Apple for more storage. 
And the other is, well, then all my stuff is going to be in the cloud. I really want to have, you know, direct local control of all of my stuff. You know, nobody's going to force you to use a feature you don't want to use. Uh, but I do feel like there is still a lot of like misunderstanding about what, what iCloud does and doesn't do and why you should do different things. Another, another customer wrote in and said, well, I don't want to use iCloud at all because you know, uh, the NSA can, can read anything that, uh, that I put on iCloud. I'm like, no, it, no, they really can't. They really can't. And let me let me refer you to my book and to this article on Apple's website that talks about end-to-end -end encryption and so forth. So there are, to answer your question, there there are some imagined gotchas, like things that people think are the case that aren't really the case. And then there are some little gotchas that I just want to say kind of don't worry about it. Like if you have to pay Apple a dollar or $3 a month for extra storage, like pay Apple a dollar or $3 a month. I'm sure there are some people for whom a dollar or $3 a month is a really big deal. And, uh, and it's just, it's just too much. But I think for, for the vast majority of Apple customers, for the vast majority of people who are well enough off to afford Apple devices in the first place. Um, you know, a couple dollars a month is really not that much. And boy, you're getting a lot for that money. You're not just getting more storage anymore. You're getting all the features of iCloud Plus, which is one of the things I talk a lot about in the new book. iCloud Plus, man. So I to, you know, while I don't want to, I don't want to trivialize anybody's concern, whether it's a concern about cost or a concern about privacy or whatever. Um, I do kind of want to just say, examine the facts really carefully and honestly. And I think this thing might be worth a dollar a month to you. And I, I know it certainly is to me. So uh, I, I think there are there are very few gotchas. There are just, you know, like going back to the uh, the encryption thing. Apple is very clear. There is a page with a big table that 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 just spells everything out. This is end to end encrypted. This is only encrypted in transit. This we can get at if we need to, <clears throat> and this stuff we can't. So, uh, you know, the more you know. Um, you just you need to educate yourself about what is going on and what your options are. That's that's a great answer, and, and I'm sure there are links to, in the book to some of those things. Oh yeah, uh, because yeah, you you you've got if you have something that you're worried about the NSA looking at, then you should be doing that kind of research, or maybe you shouldn't be looking at cloud anything. Um, but you know, for the, for those of us that are mere mortals you know it's like i'm not sure that the nsa is really interested in anything i'm doing at least not recently so right, <laughs> right. um there's one other feature and forgive me because this sort of crosses over maybe a couple books and i know we've talked about it in the past but let's talk about it here <clears throat> excuse me um and that is putting the ability to put your documents folder in on icloud and yeah. have it live there yeah, because um, since I think we've had those conversations, we went, we've gone through at least one OS iteration. iCloud has gone through a bunch of iterations. Any any strong feelings about that 
capability or function at this point? Because I know before, if I remember correctly, you weren't real hot on the idea. That's that's correct. And I am no more hot on that idea now than I ever was. Uh, I, I have people write to me and say, well, I encountered this bizarre and incredibly frustrating situation. I'm like, oh, you turned on that thing, didn't you? Or you turn it on and then you, you turn it off without knowing what the consequences of turning it off would be. Um, I'll, I'll just give you a, a personal, well, let's see. No, I'm not, I'm not even going to get into that. Um, <laughs> you know, there's iCloud Drive, which you can put as much stuff in as you want. And that's its own thing. And then optionally, you can also, if you want, synchronize your desktop folder and your documents folder to iCloud. Now, I do use iCloud Drive extensively. I tried the desktop and document sync, and I immediately went, oh, oh no, I don't like what I'm seeing here at all. And I, you know, I, it's not like I tried it for five minutes and turned it off. I No, I really, really tried it, and I experimented a lot to see exactly what does happen. What happens when you turn it on on multiple Macs? What happens when you turn it off? What happens when you turn it off and turn it back on again? Um, and... And boy, just everything, everything about it turns me off. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it, it's slower than the alternatives. It's less secure than the alternatives. Let me tell you, uh, those folders are not, are not end to end encrypted. So if you, if you have anything in your desktop folder or documents folder that you want to be absolutely sure that Apple can't see and the NSA or hackers or whoever else can't see, yeah, don't, don't use that feature. Um, so you might choose not to use it for performance reasons. You might choose not to use it for privacy reasons. You might choose not to use it because it's going to require so much storage space that you're going to have to pay for. Um, you might have really big files in those places that change frequently, such as if you use Parallels or VMware Fusion, and you've got these gigantic virtual machines, and these big, big, big files are changing all the time. Well, boy, it's going to burn through your uh, your broadband. You know, it, like if you have a data cap, mm, that's that's you're, it's you're you're going to hit it, <laughs> like. If you have if you have not the world's fastest internet connection, you're going to feel it. So I feel like it's it's a good solution for people who use those two folders very lightly, who have very few uh, locally stored documents. Maybe they store most stuff in the cloud, and the stuff that you do put in those those places, eh, it's not particularly sensitive, not particularly large. And if that's the case, hey all right, knock yourself out, but be sure to read my instructions because a lot of things you think might happen won't happen. Uh, otherwise, I love keeping my desktop and documents folder folders in sync across my Macs. I mean, I've got a MacBook Pro there and an iMac Pro here and a MacBook Air there. And it's very important to me that everything in those folders be the same all the time on those three machines. It's just that I don't want to use iCloud to do that. So I talk about in the book, I, I use a, a, an app called Resilio Sync and um, it syncs the computers directly with each other. The cloud is not involved. And uh, it's very, very fast. It's reliable. It doesn't have all of the aforementioned issues with iCloud Drive. 
Uh, there are other ways to do it too. I mean, there's, there's lots of syncing apps out there. So, Hey, take your pick, make, you know, do whatever makes you happy. But I, I am still not a fan of the desktop and documents folder sync using iCloud drive. Um, I don't want to go too far down this road, but I do want to just clarify. You say it, it syncs without the use of the cloud. So are you syncing over Wi-Fi, over Bluetooth, um, with Rosario thing, sync? So uh, Rosilio sync can, can, can sync over your local net. I mean, it, it can use whatever network uh, you have. It'll use Wi-Fi, it'll use Ethernet. It can, in fact, sync over the internet. But what I'm saying is that those documents are never stored on somebody else's server in the cloud. So it's not like, you know, with iCloud Drive, you can go on, you can go to some computer you don't even own and go to a web browser and log into iCloud.com and, oh, hey, look, all my stuff is there in a browser. It can only be there in the browser because it's stored on Apple's servers. So that is not the case with, uh, with this other app the the internet is still you know whether it's your local you know local internet or the larger internet uh, worldwide internet can still be used as a conduit to get stuff from your own device to another device of yours and and encrypted mind you um, but uh, the internet is not a storage place for your stuff and and that's part of the key too is that when you are syncing from a device you own to another device you own, it can be encrypted end to end. If you want to be able to get at your stuff in a web browser, then that means it has to be stored in the cloud and it can't be end to end encrypted because you're literally going in the middle. <laughs> like you're, you're in the middle, you're not at an end. So it ha so the, the, so the, whoever is running that server has to be able to decrypt your stuff in order to show it to you. So, <laughs> so that's all I have to say. About that. Okay. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that makes sense. I, I just, I was curious, but you answered the question as to how kind of how it was doing it. Um, well, in fact, Resilio sync used to be called BitTorrent sync because it uses the same person to person protocol that, that BitTorrent does. Now BitTorrent is a, a different kind of a thing, you know, that's for sharing large files, some of which might even be legal um, with with strangers. But but the technology that underpins it, the 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 actual, you know, how, how it goes about finding the other, you know, uh, the other uh, destination and transferring the data, that protocol itself can be used for other purposes. And this is one of those other purposes. Okay. Joe is back in the next edition of Mac Voices to talk more about his Take Control of iCloud 8th edition. Next time, we talk about things like using your own domain with iCloud email, some of the improvements we've seen to iCloud email, and some of the privacy improvements to iCloud. That's all next time on Mac Voices. I hope to see you then. Until then, and as always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. 
you will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.